Tonight, grounded and gridlocked, the outage that suspended every single flight in America. The domino effect of massive delays. There's just a lot of frustration, um, a lot of confusion. Canadians caught in the chaos. Uh-oh, here we go again. Tracking down the convoy trucker who flew the Confederate flag. I'm one who had the truck, and I didn't work for no government. Discrediting claims of a conspiracy. Plus, igniting change in the name of inclusivity. I think Embers is a great choice, the sort of notion of the glowing and the potential. Rebranding a branch of the Girl Guides of Canada. CTV National News with Omar Sachedina. Good evening, everyone. Travel turbulence for air passengers began today even before they took off. A system outage temporarily grounded all planes in the U.S. They had stopped boarding additional passengers, and it was at that point that I saw the captain uh, coming in and out of the cockpit multiple times. Something happened with computers, and so we ended up getting on the plane, getting back off. Then I figured out it was every single flight in the nation was ground stop. And I was like, oh. This was the flight radar just before 7 a.m. Eastern. Thousands of planes stuck on the tarmac. We'll tell you about the impact on this side of the border in just a moment. But we begin with CTV's Washington Bureau Chief Joy Melvin on the travel chaos in America. The planes are up and running again, but for 90 long minutes coast to coast, it was chaos. There's just a lot of frustration, um, a lot of confusion. The main cabin door had already closed. And the next thing we know, we're, they told us that there's a nationwide ground hold. At every major airport across America, nothing was moving, nothing flying out. I'm really upset, but what can I do? But it makes you kind of nervous. Is there something else that maybe we're not being told right now? This is a nationwide issue. It's not just a local issue. A computer glitch forced a nationwide ground stop. That hasn't happened since the 9-11 terror attacks, leading to questions on whether this was a cyber attack. There's been no direct evidence or indication of that, but uh, we are also not going to rule that out until we have a, a clearer and better understanding of what's taking place. The Federal Aviation Administration says the NOTAM system, that stands for Notice to Air Missions, alerts pilots to potential safety hazards like runway closures or construction. A corrupt file may have caused all this chaos. Critics warn the system is in desperate need of an upgrade. Intermittent outages are a sign that there needs to be a larger investment in the aging infrastructure, and Congress has a role to play here. More than 9,000 flights were delayed and at least 1,000 flights canceled. For the whole country to be shut down, this is amazing. Unplug and replug <laughs> whatever is broken. After a snowstorm paralyzed holiday travel recently, passengers are just plain weary of delays and disappointment. We're missing the first week for a funeral. Though most seem to just take it all in stride. Can't get excited about about all, about these things. This is life, you know. Here at Washington's Reagan Airport, half the flights were either canceled or delayed. The White House ordering an investigation, promising to get at the root cause of this travel mess so it never happens again.
Omar? All right, Joy Malbin at Reagan National Airport tonight in Arlington, Virginia. With so many cross-border flights, Canadian travelers also got caught up in today's outage. And while the pilot alert system also went down in this country, officials say they don't think it was connected. Here's CTV's Heather Butts. A long list of delays filled the departures board at many Canadian airports this morning. You can't stress over it and complain. You just got to go with the flow. Yeah, pretty stressed now. Yeah, really, really stressed. The glitch affected flights heading south. At Toronto's Pearson, 34% of departures between 6 and 9 a.m. were impacted. When we were on the way to the airport, we got a notification saying it would be delayed. That delayed flight added major turbulence to Norma and Steve Locke's trip to Tokyo with a connection in Chicago. Uh, if we miss that one, I don't know where we're going to end up when the next flight to Tokyo is and whether they will redirect us onto another airline. Canada's safety messaging system also experienced an outage, which meant it was unable to add new advisories for pilots for roughly three hours. Nav Canada said at this time we do not believe the cause is related to the FAA outage experienced earlier today and didn't cause any additional disruptions. This is the latest travel turmoil for Canadians following a chaotic holiday season of missed vacations, lost luggage and stranded passengers. Issues that that will headline a parliamentary committee meeting tomorrow featuring airline executives. Is this an opportunity for us to take a look at uh, our rules and our system to make them stronger, to make them clearer, to make them more efficient? Absolutely, that's my commitment to Canadians. Most flights to and from the U.S. are back on schedule tonight with an investigation underway into what went wrong with Canada's safety messaging system. Omar. Very tough go for travelers these days. All right, Heather, thank you. And expect more travel disruptions in the western U.S. More than four and a half million people in California are under flood watches after a series of storms have already battered the state. As CTV's Los Angeles Bureau Chief Tom Walters reports, there is more misery on the way. As the latest storm blows on shore, it's hard to tell where one ends and another begins. It'd be nice if we could have like a few days in between. But for Northern California, at least, it's hail and high water. In the flooded town of Merced, people had to be rescued from their homes. These storms hit us like a water balloon exploding and just drop water down through our rivers and creeks. The search goes on today for a five-year-old boy who was swept away. Elsewhere, the body of a 43-year-old woman has been found in a submerged car. In San Francisco, the storm also brought lightning and strong winds. It's a giant crash. The whole building shakes. Winds that sent trees onto roofs and roofs to the ground. Before we knew it, there was water just pouring inside. Now, Jose Alvarez has to bail out what is still pouring in. By contrast, Southern California is getting a break. A chance to clean up the flooding in L.A.'s Union Station and to open streets in Montecito blocked by slides. Overnight, workers pulled up twisted metal, clearing the way for repairs to a sinkhole in the road that swallowed two vehicles yesterday. All of this a far cry from the way things looked just 24 hours ago. Usually this section of the L.A. River would be little more than a trickle. Now, a day later, under mostly blue skies, it's still not a trickle. But it's not the raging torrent it was yesterday. Not only is it calmer, but it's already noticeably lower. Islands that were underwater yesterday are in plain sight now. 
But also in sight is yet another storm, expected by the weekend, that is likely to drench most of the state again. Tom Walters, CTV News, Los Angeles. The head of Russia's shadowy and notorious Wagner mercenary group claims his forces have captured the Ukrainian salt mining territory of Solidar in the eastern region of Donetsk. Yevgeny Prigozhin, who has close ties to the Kremlin, uploaded these pictures of himself on Telegram, alleging his troops were inside the mines, a way British intelligence says to get behind Ukrainian lines. Kyiv denies the town has fallen, releasing battle footage today from the city. A Russian capture would allow troops to set their focus on nearby Bakhmut, seen here in these satellite images. It has been a key target since last summer and the scene of some of the heaviest fighting. A dramatic and desperate situation at one of Europe's busiest train stations today during morning rush hour, when a suspect wielding what was likely a homemade weapon stabbed a man at least 20 times. It happened at the Gare du Nord train station in Paris. Police shot him and he is in critical condition in hospital. Five others were injured, including a border police officer. The motive for the attack isn't known. We are learning more tonight about the motivations of a trucker at the convoy in the capital last year who was at the center of a mystery that's now been solved. CTV's senior political correspondent Glenn McGregor spoke to him about why he was so determined to fly a controversial flag. On the first day of the convoy, this pickup was photographed flying a Confederate flag, a symbol seen as an offensive reminder of slavery and racism. The truck was spotted several more times over the first weekend, the identity of the driver unknown. At the public inquiry into the government's use of the Emergencies Act, the lawyer for convoy organizers suggested offensive flags to protest were part of a government plot by provocateurs. Did at any time CSIS do an investigation into who that license plate holder was? Civic Commissioner, uh, I do not have uh, the specific knowledge of this. But the mystery pickup was in fact driven by a convoy supporter, not a saboteur. I'm the one who had the truck and I didn't work for no government. Maurice Londrio is a roofer who sees nothing wrong with the image he displayed on his truck and on his cap. They're telling me that it's it's racist and everything. Well, it's not racist. I go, what did you get that? Like, you guys making it racist. He first bought the flag three years ago to take to a concert by Southern rock band Leonard Skinner. I look at it, the rebel sign. It was always known as the rebel. Like, during the war, they were called the rebels. But in modern times, the Confederate flag has been a divisive image of racial injustice, particularly in the U.S. South. Their display at the convoy was denounced by the prime minister. We won't give in to those who fly racist flags. Laundrio used his truck and trailer to help refuel the big rigs with diesel. He also attended the Emergencies Act hearing when Trudeau testified and says he told the convoy lawyer that the truck had belonged to him. He eventually took the flag down under pressure from other protesters and traded it for another. Londrio says he'd protest again, but plans for another Freedom Convoy next month, either in Ottawa or Winnipeg, appear to have collapsed amid infighting between organizers. Omar. All right, Glenn, thanks. There are new revelations tonight. Aides to President Joe Biden discovered a second set of classified documents in a location that is different from the Washington, D.C. office he used after he left the Obama administration and where the first batch was found. It's not clear when the latest documents were found or even if the search for more is complete. Republicans are pushing for the attorney general to appoint a special counsel, a step taken after hundreds of documents were discovered at Donald Trump's 
Mar-a-Lago Estate in Florida. Joe Biden left the summit of North American leaders late last night, leaving room for Justin Trudeau and his Mexican counterpart to hold talks today. The two countries marked a major trade win when it comes to car parts, a decision that will provide automakers with more incentives to make vehicles in their two nations. CTV's Judy Trin has more from Mexico City. In his bilateral meetings with President López Obrador, Prime Minister Trudeau emphasized that Mexico and Canada need to work together, even if the U.S. tries to divide them, as the former President Trump administration tried to do. The U.S. repeatedly tried to play off Canada and Mexico against each other. But Canada always believed that our greatest strength was in all three parties. As their meetings were ending, some good news for the two leaders. Arbitrators ruled in favor of Canada and Mexico in a standoff with the U.S. on auto parts. We wanted to ensure that the agreement as we understood the rules of origin, the way that we negotiated, um, uh, was clarified, and that's what this decision has done. The disagreement centered on what percentage of a vehicle must be made on the continent to qualify for incentives. 75% is the threshold, not 100% as the U.S. wanted. The American interpretation of the trade agreement put the jobs of more than 150,000 Canadian auto workers at risk by driving up production costs. This decision reinforces the agreement we all make to do them here and do them together and helps to underpin those $17 billion of car maker decisions in Canada for you know, the next 10, 20 years. At the end of this summit, Canada has moved quickly on pressing foreign policy issues, but has not gained much traction on its economic priorities. Trudeau will have a chance to change that in March when Joe Biden visits Canada, but also in 2024 when he hosts both North American leaders. Judy Trin, CTV News, Mexico City. And as the Prime Minister returns to Ottawa, another world leader also arrived in the capital tonight. Japan's Prime Minister Fumio Kishida landed tonight in Canada for his first visit since taking office. He will meet with Justin Trudeau tomorrow with the G7 partners looking to strengthen economic ties. Time for a quick break, but when we come back... I see that need. Sparking change at the Girl Guides of Canada, plus... Shut up, please. <laughs> I, I can beat you up, okay? standout moments from the Golden Globes. An organization which is a catalyst for empowering girls is giving them a way to redefine their futures. The Girl Guides of Canada has helped millions of young Canadians over the past century. And now, as CTV's Vanessa Lee reports, one of its branches is getting a makeover to reflect a modern reality. As an ember, you have potential that's just waiting to be unleashed. A new era has begun for a group generations of young girls have identified with. Brownies will now be known as embers. I'm hoping that it'll just help open the door for even more kids to come in and, and experience it. Brownies was the name used for seven- and eight-year-old girl guides. It's not known exactly where it came from, they are mythical creatures in English and Scottish folklore. Over the decades, the word became synonymous with fun and friendship. For some, though, it is a racial slur. 
we heard from current girls that the name caused them harm and we heard that they actually weren't joining the organization as a result of that. In an effort to become more inclusive and welcoming, the group was renamed. It's clear that it's time to make a change. Members nationwide voted for Embers as the new name. What we're seeing in the meeting right now is the potential, the glowing, the excitement, and how that also really connects to the campfire, which is something that's very symbolic at Girl Guides of Canada. I was able to find some pictures. Joan Lee has fond memories oh of being God. a Girl Guide. Because that being so innocent, I thought of it as food, honestly. She applauds the organization for showing all girls matter and belong. With the climate that we're in to today for 2023, I see that need. The Girl Guides of Canada says it will take months to update its website and marketing material. Adding embers will fully take over by September. Vanessa Lee, CTV News, Montreal. Still ahead, saying goodbye to a rock star who pushed the limits of his talent. Remembering the life of a true guitar master. There is more encouraging news tonight on the condition of Damar Hamlin, discharged from a Buffalo hospital today. The Buffalo Bill's safety has been undergoing tests since he returned to Buffalo on Monday. Doctors say he's well enough to continue his rehab at home and with the team. I mean, it's, a, it's an awesome feeling. Um, you know, we're just hoping that he's getting his rest and his recovery. And um, as a team, we're, we're extremely happy. And DeMar is, is in his health and, and uh, well-being is, is number one as far as that goes feel really good about where that is though and, and the fact that he's home and with his parents and you know for us as Damar's dad has said to us multiple times and Damar has mentioned as well it's you know they want us to go do our job and, and that's what we've got to do. Doctors are still trying to determine why Hamlin had a cardiac arrest during a game in Cincinnati nine days ago. A sad note tonight from the world of rock and roll legendary British guitarist Jeff Beck died suddenly after contracting bacterial meningitis. Beck was a member of the Yardbirds for a year in the mid-60s, producing the hit single, Heartful of Soul. He had a storied solo career and collaborated with many stars, including Rod Stewart. Beck won eight Grammys and was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. He was 78 years old. A few bars of music hit a wrong note with winner Michelle Yeoh at the Golden Globes last night. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Shut up, please. <laughs> I can beat you up. Pianist Chloe Flower got the blame, but it was actually a pre-recorded track. Flower only performed when she was on camera. She tweeted, I would never play piano over people's speeches, adding that she also cleared the air with Yo afterwards. And that wasn't the only clash. After the break. 
One minute, you're making mint tea at home. The next, you're invited to be the black face of an embattled white organization. How the awards show that lost its luster tried to make a comeback after so much controversy. The Golden Globes returned last night for what was billed as a comeback for the awards show. The Hollywood Foreign Press Association was trying to restore its reputation after scandals involving allegations of racism and corruption. And despite that controversy, some major names in Hollywood still turned out. CTV's John Venavalli Rao on some of the more memorable moments. Gerard Carmichael. On a night when the producers hope to make the Globes golden once more. The show's first ever black host right off the bat acknowledged the elephant in the room. One minute you're making mint tea at home. The next you're invited to be the black face of an embattled white organization. Following scandals involving bribery, corruption, and a lack of diversity at the Hollywood Foreign Press Association. Angela Bassett, baby, come on! Tuesday's gala included a wide range of presenters and winners. And the Golden Globe goes to... Abbott Elementary. The sitcom Abbott Elementary scoring big, including oh, accolades for stars Tyler James Williams uh, and Quinta Brunson. While notably several actresses aged 60 and over picked up trophies, including Jennifer Coolidge, who kept the audience laughing. The Oscar goes to... No, no. Oh, no, no, wait. Golden Globe, Golden Globe, Golden Globe, Golden Globe. This is Michelle Yeoh's first nomination. Michelle Yeoh winning Best Actress in a Motion Picture, Musical, or Comedy. For everything, everywhere, all at once. Only the second Asian actor ever to win in the category. And this is also for all the shoulders that I've stand on, all who came before me who looks like me. While her co-star, Kiwei Kwan, won Best Supporting Actor, giving a shout-out to Steven Spielberg for casting him at the age of 12 in Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Steven, thank you! Spielberg's The Fablemans, winning for both Best Drama and Best Director. Oh, man. All my words are leaving me. Well, Austin oh, Butler got a surprise win for his portrayal of Elvis. Notably, some of the major winners did not show up. The Golden Globes still have just a bit of a taint on them uh, for some of these big stars who, frankly, are bigger than the Golden Globes are. Around 5.4 million viewers tuned in to watch, which remains around an all-time low. This is really a fun night. Still, for the winners, there were plenty of highs. John Benavelli Rouse, CTV News, Toronto. And that is a snapshot of this Wednesday for all of us at CTV National News. Thank you for watching and have a good night. Five crucial questions to expose the truth. Who's at risk? What needs to change? When will justice be done? There was actually a plot to kill you. Where's the proof? Why did this happen? Watch W5 Saturdays at 7 on CTV.